Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Very happy to be joined by Bailey. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm all good, TC. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not nice outside, to be honest. I prefer working yeah. in blue skies, but it is, yeah, pretty dark and dull today. Unlike last night's Champions League game, which was certainly anything but dark and dull. It was one of the most exciting Champions League games of a first leg we've seen in a very, very long time. Did you watch it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, how could you not enjoy it? I think, uh, I remember I was very critical of uh, getting rid of the away goals because I thought I would kill mm. the to the uh, purpose for the away team to want to get a goal. But it seems that this season, I think it's, we've had one of the best knockout knockout stages because the games are just amazing. So it's not really, it's not really had an effect. If anything, it's been a positive. So, so props to UEFA for actually getting that, getting that chains correct. Yeah, I mean, the amount of times Arsenal were knocked out on away goals and, you know, you think of Monaco and you know things like that, um, it was a painful experience. But uh, if Arsenal are to get back into the competition, perhaps there's something that will go away. But in particular from last night's game and the main focus of last night's game from an Arsenal fan perspective was Gabriel Jesus, who scored his fifth goal in two games, um, which is only going to raise his profile. It, to me, like all the stories coming out, the information that you know has, has now been made public about this, how long Arsenal have been chasing this deal, it's only going to make it tougher for Arsenal to get it. Um, you know, the fact that the deal's gone more public, the fact that he's scoring more goals. Where do you kind of see this like rolling onwards if if he keeps on scoring goals? Do you think there's a chance that Man City would turn around and be like, no, we want to keep him? Do you think the price is going to go up? Where do you think that it changes? Calm down, Cavaliers. Please stop scoring. We get it. We are, you're, you're a good player. We get it, please. Because yesterday's press is not today's press. See, have mm. as long as he's in City's hands, he can. They can always up, up the up the offer because teams are suddenly going to start showing interest. I know Barcelona have been lurking. Well, reports have been saying Barcelona have been lurking in the water a little bit for Cavaliers. There's no reason mm. why other clubs also won't come in, and then and then Manchester City can start a bidding war. So yeah, Cavaliers needs to. Needs to stop scoring goals a little bit. Like mm-hmm. we got, we we got to sign you regardless, Jesus. Right? You don't have to have to score a goal every game. But again, this just goes to show as well that if Jesus just come into the club, I think we need to be realistic and say if Jesus comes in, that would be a, he will be our main striker. I don't think we'll sign another big striker alongside Jesus. Otherwise, he wouldn't leave City in the first place. I don't think he would come to Arsenal to suddenly be a a second striker. So if mm-hmm. Jesus just come in, I think he will be the will be the main striker now. So. But again, if he keeps scoring, then he is proving that he is he is Arsenal worthy. And there was parts in the game that I really liked about his performance. Um, there was one uh, moment in particular in the second half when City were against the ropes a little bit, and it was an end-to-end mm. game, and um, the ball got thro- got booted up to booted up to, to Gabriel Jesus, and he could have continued to play play the fast fast football and, and the end-to-end football, but he calmed the play down, held it up, played it back to played it back to the City defense, and Pep Guardiola uh, applauded that, and that's the type of striker we'll be looking for at Arsenal just that experience just to know when to do something and when not to do something because right now of course our striker department isn't great so that was positive to see from Jesus last night yeah it really really was uh, I I thought um, there was too much focus on Alaba for his goal as well people talked a lot about you in the mistake but the touch is really strong the turn is strong and the finish is, is even better I thought he deserved a lot of credit for that finish and that goal it, it's weird. It feels like I'm watching an Arsenal guy on loan like at the moment. You know, that's the way that it feels. It's really strange. And I just hope that, you know, this is a deal that we can get done because if it doesn't, you know, the the way in which we've built up and everyone's built up this move in their minds, it's going to be a big, big disappointment if Arsenal don't get 
Gabriel Jesus before the yeah. summer. What do you yeah, think would because, happen if we don't? <laughs> oh, you see, it would be a nightmare because you just go back to do some Flavich when uh, the, mm. the saga and he was starting to feel like. To a be fair, I'd argue that this this deal looks and the talk around it makes it Cemental. seem so much yeah. closer than ever. Dusan absolutely, was. absolutely. We just got to make sure we get it done. Otherwise, I think we do have to reconsider our transfer leaks and our transfer plan because you look at. Manchester City and Liverpool, or Liverpool in particular, mm. you don't know they're signing a player until he's basically on the float on the on the plane to on the plane to uh, to their training ground. So maybe we should be doing that as well. Otherwise, we're going to keep embarrassing ourselves. Yeah, um, the one thing you can guarantee from from an Arsenal fan perspective is that there's no shortage of transfer news that gets leaked and and talked about and brought up again. So you know, it's I hope that it's a deal that we get done because if it doesn't, then you know the the fan base was going to melt down. Uh, that's for sure. Um, speaking obviously of of possible moves, uh, we're being linked with some some new and old players that we've been linked to previously as well. And in particular, Bailey, it's been at right back. We're seeing Nahuel uh, Molina linked from Udinese and Jed. Spence has obviously come up again um, since he received his Team of the Season uh, nomination for the Championship after getting Nottingham Forest into a position where they can actually earn automatic promotion on the final day of the season. If they beat Swansea and Bournemouth lose to Blackburn, Nottingham Forest will be automatically promoted. So it's quite a, a massive opportunity for them, who I think have actually, un, in terms of championship, have gone under the radar this season, Nottingham Forest, in terms of how good they've been. Only the likes of Spence has, has really stood out. And, and we think about Forest as a team that have always underachieved expectation in the championship and always been kind of in this purgatory state of never quite getting to the playoffs and never being anywhere close enough to go down. So it's a huge season for them and a great opportunity on Saturday to see if they can indeed get promoted to the Premier League. There's part of me that doesn't want them to because we're awful against Nottingham Forest and we have an awful record against Nottingham Forest. But there's another reason being that I lived in Nottingham for three years and it'd be great to, to see Nottingham Forest in, in, in the Premier League and Arsenal getting another chance to go up and play Nottingham again and maybe get even revenge for the previous games we've had. Um, but... What do you make of these links to the right-backs? What do you think it tells us about that position and the future of the likes of Cedric and Tomiassi? Yeah, look, I said it uh, in January. I said it for the time now that Arsenal, a right-back, is just as important as almost any other position we're strengthening because our, the drop-off mm. of Tomiyasu is honestly scary. I think when Cedric plays, <laughs> it's scary. I'm scared. Anytime the ball goes over to the left-hand side, you're like, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? And more often than not, Cedric does get skinned by the by the opposition left winger. And if we're going to, going to play in the Champions League, I'm sorry, but we can't have Cedric as our backup right back. <laughs> it just can't be done. I'm so sorry. I've said this for I've said this for a while now. That's why I've been so so. I wanted Arsenal to really go out and try to get Tariq Lamptey because he offers something uh, he offers something different to to Tomiyasu. I know he'll be very expensive, so probably won't happen. But we do need a right back. I think that is an important important position to strengthen. And I think we've no needed to anyway from the start of the season when Bellerin was was departing, which we'll talk about of course in a set. Mm, yeah, look I, for me, I think that. This could be a hint towards a change for Tommy Asu. Um, I think that if we sign a right back, it could mean that Tommy Asu starts to be looked at as maybe the Rob Holding and Pablo Marie replacements in you know competition for both right back and centre back. I think that his versatility would help him in that sense. So if we went out and signed a Jed Spencer or a Nahuel uh, Molina, you know, they take the right back spot or they compete with, with Tommy Asu, but Tommy Asu is also going to game, get games at centre half or at left back. You know, he's so versatile. He's such an asset to the team. And he's such of a high level in those positions that you can rely upon him. So if we lose, say, Pablo Marita to Udinese, which is certainly something that could help us to sign Molina if he is the guy that we're going for, because 
it was said that Udinese would struggle to match the asking price of, of Pablo Marie, but perhaps if he's part of a player plus cash deal for Molina, it might help Arsenal in that case. But uh, Rob Holding leaving, Saliba coming back, people were wondering if it's Holding and Marie to go, is Saliba enough? But actually, maybe Tommy Asu with Saliba is enough. And if we sign a right back, it covers that that position as well. And I think that's a really smart way of dealing with it. I also don't think that necessarily then means you've blocked the path of Brook Norton Cuffey because he could become the backup to the new right back that you bring in and Tommy Asu becoming competition as well. So there's lots of opportunities there as well. Let's jump into the chat box and say good morning to everybody joining us. Uh, Harvey, Stevie, good morning to you guys and Mark and Axel, hope you're doing good, guys. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, DA says, if we aren't signing another striker, then we are doomed. Jesus is too injury prone. I mean, Bailey, do, are you aware of Jesus' uh, injury TC, record? Are you aware, TC? That's the question. I Apparently think not asked. enough. Um, so I'm just going to do a quick uh, injury record check on Gabriel Jesus to check this. this. He's not missed a single game this season through injury. Um, in 2021, he missed two games because he's tested positive which doesn't really you know count for much he missed one game because of a knock but he then missed nine games between september and november it just says a knock like it doesn't say anything other than that so i don't necessarily that think that's injury prone 1920 <laughs> he missed two games with a hamstring injury and one game through illness in 1819 he missed one two games of a groin strain and four games of a hamstring injury 1718, uh, he obviously tore his, his knee ligament in January, which cost him quite a, you know, a period of time 12 games he missed. And he had a metatarsal fracture in 1617. But you're going back like six years now, you know. I don't think he's too injury prone at all. I don't think his history of injuries in the last three, four years would turn anyone off signing him because of that. I mean, when you compare it to players like, I don't know, off the top of my head, Renata Sanchez, um, I think I'm another player, Victor Rosiman. You know, these guys have missed loads uh, of games from injury. So uh, I, I think that would probably be more of a reason to turn down those types of players. Um, Stephen says, Gabby Jesus scored two more goals than Lacquer in the league before his four against Watford. Yeah, I mean, it's he matched Lacquer's tally in one game this season. Shows you what he's capable of. If you give him the ball in those positions, he's lethal. He's absolutely lethal. Um, no Julian Draxler news yet, says Harvey. <laughs> Clearly wanting a blast on the pass there. Uh, DA though saying, I want Carl Walker-Peters for right back. He's so underrated. Saho says, defenders right and left. We need that very well in the midfield too. Striker is needed. Also, Stephen says, Gabby Jesus scored one less goal than Lacquer before his fall. Oh, we've already done that one. Uh, Marcus <laughs> says, we're... people put the same comment in more than once and I get mixed up. Marcus says, we have a lot of players to move on and to buy as to return to Europe. I mean, Moving players on brings us quite nicely onto our final topic of the day before we take a couple of questions from the chat. So if you've got any questions, do throw them in with the capital Q to help them stand out. Hector Bellerin got an assist in the Copa del Rey final and reports yesterday came out that he wants to stay at Betis next season. There's one year left on his contract. What is a reasonable price tag that we should you know, consider for a one-year uh, player moving to a Spanish club like Betis who don't tend to have loads of money? I'd probably say just yeah, around the five million mark, five to ten million mark. Five million for Hector yeah. Bellerin. Yeah, the five to ten million. Mark, really? Yeah, he has one year left on his contract. So I sort of Jesus, we're spending thirty odd million quid on him. But he's used as a striker. He's a goal scorer. So Bellerin's been in Spain. I don't think we'll get anything more than five to ten million for him. I think Ooh, in that range. I think that's mad. You think you'll get think, more? You think Arsenal? I think get more we should be asking for fifteen million quid. Well, Bellerin. Yeah. Really? The same yes. price that uh, Nottingham Forest asked for Spence. 
well, I think Spence is obviously a younger player coming from the championship. So yeah. I think there's more there's more factors uh, associated with that. Bellerin's been playing the Premier League for years. He's gone mm-hmm. to Betis and you know helped to win mm-hmm. a Copa del Rey, pushed them towards mm-hmm. European qualification. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's only got a year left on his contract, but mm-hmm. I think that if he didn't, if he had a three year deal, I'd be asking for twenty plus, like for Bellerin. For Bellerin, so, really? Yeah. He's had, Premier he's League, had, he's had two experienced ACL right back. I would, yeah. He's, he's had two ACL injuries. Uh, he's, of course, he's had poor seasons at Arsenal. He's gone to Real Betis now on loan. He's got one year left. That's the Gabriel Jesus, for example. He's a striker. He's 25. He's injury he's prone. City. <laughs> <laughs> he is injury prone. He's not, but he's going for around 25 to 30 million. Bellerin would probably be... I'm sorry, but Look, I don't million, think we should accept be... anything less than 10. That's what that I'm just saying. Anything less than 10, I think is, you know, I think that's really underselling, you know, what we could get for Bellerin. I think that's, wow, 5 million pounds. That's mad. Oh, I don't doubt that's all we'll get. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I think we will end up getting what you're saying, but I think we shouldn't accept anything less than 10. Mm. Um, And people, I know, I know what Stephen's saying here, like they don't, haven't got any money, but, you say no. You say he's got a year left. He's our player. You turn around and say no. But then like, you're going to upset Bellerin because that's his. Oh, his, what a shame! <laughs> <laughs> what a shame! He'll have to go somewhere else. Like you know, Torreira was very upset, and now he's going to Fiorentina, despite him saying, of course, in in the wake of the death of his mother, that he wants to go back to South America. So you you can there is these scenarios where you can even in the worst case situations get money for players. I think I for Torreira, we're going up getting about 11 million pounds or so for him. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, and the similar kind of a 9 million pound for Genduzi. So you get about 20 million for those two. And for Panos, we're going to get like a million quid for him, which yeah. is ridiculous. Um, Bellerin, I think we should be looking to try and get 10. Pepe, I think we should be looking to try and get about 25 for mm-hmm. him. Um, but these are all estimates. And But all of a sudden, you're up to like 50 odd million quids, you know, to, to boost what you're trying to do. Uh, Femi, I think, puts in a great comment who says, Tom is spot on. 50 million for him. I think that's probably been the best comment of the show, to be fair. Um, Graham Bellerin is worth 10 million at most, though. Uh, Marcus says, Pepe to go and Nelson to come back. I guess, Tom, you would say Pepe out, Nelson out and Gakpo in. Yeah, I'd move both of them on. Um, and, and bring Gakpo in in the summer. Uh, Marcus said, and I think the fact that Jesus can play on the right means that you can move for that left-hand yeah. side player. And I think Martinelli can also play on the right as well. So, you know, I like Martinelli on the right actually more than I do on the left, weirdly. I like him running down the right, cutting the ball back. I think that's really part of his game that hasn't been exploited enough. Uh, in the last few minutes, we're going to take some questions from the chat, guys. So if you've got any, uh, let's let's try and get them in there and we'll see what ones we can go through. Marcus says, will any of the lone players come back and make it? Most apart from Saliba, you think will not come back? I mean, just give a little bit of a, a recap on who is on loan right now. We've got Balogun, who I think will come back. Nelson, yeah. I don't. Genduzi, I don't because Genduzi's going. Maitland-Niles, I think, will leave. Torreira, of course, is leaving. Mavropanos is also leaving. Marie, I think, will go. Saliba, I think, hopefully will stay. Bellerin will go. Runison will go. That's the senior squads. And then if we have a quick look at the academy, because there's some players there as well, quite a few, in fact. You've got uh, Carl Hine, who's gone to Reading, although he did get injured. Daniel Ballard, who's with Millwall and had a very good season. Harry Clark, who's gone on loan for 18 months to Hibs, uh, ahead of a buy option, I think. But we've got two break clauses in that loan deal. Uh, Matt Smith, who went to... I want to say Doncaster, I think. Uh, Jordan Osei Tutu, who's with Rotherham. 
Uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey, of course, who's with Lincoln and having a fantastic season. Tim Akinola, who went to Dundee United, and I've not heard anything about him since he left. Ryan Alabios, who went to Crewe, and again, I've not heard anything about how he's got on. Tyrese John Jules went to Sheffield Wednesday, um, and I don't think it's gone amazingly well there for him either. Uh, Nikolai Moller has gone to Den Bosch in the Netherlands and not done anything else really and Jordan McEnough has gone back to Ireland I think to play and he's one of those that I think was really highly rated before and is now kind of petered out so any of those do you think will come back and be part of the squad next season I think maybe Brooke Norton Coffee, uh, Coffee, sorry out of all of them have the best chance maybe uh, of course Balogun of, of course mm. and may- maybe Reese Nelson possibly that would probably be do next think season keep him? next out of all those players the most the likelihood that of all of those next season mm. probably be those three but I don't think we'll keep Reese Nelson but there's there's every chance if he has a if he has an impressive preseason we've seen it with players in the past the impressive preseason Reese Nelson that loan really really could have helped him he could come back and maybe maybe yeah had us posed a couple of questions on Arteta to play him next season uh, Ray says, Tom, is uh, Bailey trying to raffle off Hecky B for £5 million? Suddenly, Bailey is being charitable. We should get at least £10 million. Yes, Impossible. Ray. Impossible. Coming on my side there. Uh, Marcus says, how much do you believe we will spend in the summer window, not including the money already spent on Turner, anywhere close to 160 I suppose you have to weigh up if we sign Gabriel Jesus and then we want to sign another striker. And it's hard, it's hard to say how much we'll spend. It just depends on the positions we are going to to strengthen, I'll say around the 160 million mark. I think it'll be similar to that. last year. Yeah, because I think it'll be, it be two players. Like last year, obviously, it was spread out across six quite evenly. Ben White was obviously a lot more, and Tavares was a lot lower. But you know, Erdegaard, Tomiyasu, Lakonga—they are all like 16 to 30 million pounds, that kind of range. Uh, there's one more who I've forgotten. Who's the one I've forgotten? Ben White, Tommy Asu, Lakonga, Tavares, Erdegaard, Ramsdale. and Ramsdale, who again was 25 to 30 odd million quid in the end. Yeah. So. But this year, I think you'll see like the 150-odd million quid spreads much less evenly and you'll have two like 50 millions or two 60 millions and the rest will be 10 and 15s, like smart pieces of business. So we'll wait and see. But yeah, I think it'll be a similar amount to what we spent last time. Um, Sharif says, uh, hi, Tom and Bailey. Do you think we need both an eight and six in midfield if one leaves the club this summer, be that, you know, Jacarel, Nenny, Maitland-Niles, uh, Lukonga, any of those, Partey even, who knows. Uh, Ward-Prowse and Tuchemeni would be perfect if we get Champions League. Yeah, Tuchemeni would be a dream signing, but I think mm. that's going to, I think that's just above our bracket at the moment, unfortunately. I think he's going to head to Liverpool or, or Real Madrid most likely. So I think Tuchemeni would be a dream signing, but one that wouldn't happen. Ward-Prowse, I'd be open to signing him. The only issue is, is he's English, so that means the value of him is going to be very excessive. And I think he would probably mm. be too expensive, even though I'd be more than happy to bring him. JWP. Harvey says, in 64 matches officiated by Mike Dean, just three penalties have been awarded to the Gunners. That's one every 21.33 games. I guess we won't be getting a penalty on Sunday, as Mike Dean is, of course, set to take charge of our game against West Ham. Do you think that that has any bearing? I, I'm pretty much of the mind that it doesn't matter which ref we get. They're all pretty, you know, awful. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not fast who refs us anymore. Yeah, yeah. Except from the game against Chelsea, I can't remember a time when the referee's actually given us a penalty if it has a fear if VAR hasn't intervened. So yeah, I don't think it might. I mean, Craig Paulson did last weekend, to be fair. Without the use of VAR? I thought the use of VAR came in with Saka's penalty. Yeah, I suppose to be fair, he gave the goal to Inketi, didn't he? Mm, so it would yeah. it's it's not like um he had a chance because he just saw the ball go in the net and he gave it. Mm. So 
I'm trying to think the last time we had a penalty was Chelsea and that was to be fair given by John Moss so yeah. um yeah I mean that's it's only two games ago that we was awarded it by the referee there's only one game ago that it probably would have been awarded had Zinketi not scored I think they probably would have given that I I watched so many Man United because people keep sending me Man United watch-alongs <laughs> from that game and so many Man United fans felt it wasn't a penalty and I thought it was one of the most clumsy challenges from Tellers like, <laughs> it was a clear as day <laughs> penalty Stonewall I really couldn't get my head around that uh, Mark says out of the top six or seven who do you think will spend the most I think it'll be. Um, I think it'll probably be Liverpool. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I think they're going to try and sign Kylian Mbappe, mate. Do you actually? Yes, I do. What? No yeah. way. I'd like to see. I would actually. I'll be interested to see him there. But the fact that they signed Diaz in the January chance window, I think they're going to penny pinch mm. him. I I have a feeling you may see. I don't know what it is. It's got this feeling that Kylian Mbappe. Oh, I told you something. <laughs> we've seen we've seen you getting Haaland, you know, and Liverpool haven't really spent all that much. I mean, they brought in Diaz, of course, but they've not really spent that much in in the last few years or so. The last time they really went big was when they got in like Van Dijk and you know and and yeah. Allison, but. Yeah, I just have that feeling. Uh, Jota, I suppose, is a big signing as well. There's so yeah. forty million quid on him, and but. Yeah, I've just got this feeling that Liverpool are going to go for Mbappe. I don't know what it is. It's over. It's done. It's like, there's no chance. No <laughs> chance at all. Um, obviously, as Dean has awarded United 16 penalties in the 61 matches, he's officiated with them, averaging one every 3.81 games. Yeah, look, we know what we've got to do. We've got to take the refereeing factor out of our hands. You know, we've got to do what we can to make sure we win games without needing the help of the referee. And we need to try and put games away as quickly as possible. I'm really confident about Sunday. You know, they've got to play Thursday, then they'll have Friday, Saturday to recover, and then we play Sunday. I think it's is it an early kickoff on Sunday? It's like oh, is it four thirty or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's an opportunity. We've got Saka who faced an injury against United, hopefully will be fully recovered by then. We'll hear from Arteta on Friday in his press conference, which we'll be able to watch on the channel, of course. I mean, what do you make of this Partey stuff? Because it's quite interesting. He's uh, you don't think he's going to be back in time? I don't no. want him to be because we've seen when Party comes back, how many games it takes him to get back into his flow. I think he comes back from True. injury. He, he struggles for the first couple of games and then and then he starts to find his flow a little bit. We've got yeah. five games left. As soon as he starts coming back, the season will be over. So let's just not rush him. Let's, yeah. If he's not fully Jack or no any for me, just start yeah, every yeah. game from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. yeah without a shadow of a doubt. Um, we're going to wrap things up there, people. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. Thank you for helping us to reach 11,000 subscribers, by the way. A huge achievement um, for everybody behind the scenes and, of course, all of our presenters that come on the show. Bailey, thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, TC. And thank you, everyone, in the comment section as well. Absolutely. If you haven't already checked out Bailey's chat um, with Alex Brotherton yesterday, looking who's our Manchester City correspondent for the MEN, uh, please do do that because it's a really good chat about Gabriel Jesus. So check it out. And the predictor series for the last few games of the season. You went for a draw against Everton, did you not? Or something like yeah, that. I did. I yeah, did. I did. <laughs> Finger's going to give him a favour and try to help him keep up. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> I'll have to wait and see. I hope it doesn't go to the last game because I'm at a wedding. So I really hope it doesn't go to the last game of the season. Um, have a fantastic day, people. We will see you a little bit later on, I'm sure, with another show. And, of course, tomorrow morning for the next Arsenal Agenda. See you soon. And, as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.